Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive at one of the most difficult jobs on earth. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I want to start today's episode by asking you a couple of questions. So just listen closely and just answer them honestly in your head. So here we go. First question. As a private school leader, do you ever feel overwhelmed and exhausted at the end of a long day at school? Next question. Do you wish that your job energized you the way that it used to? Do you ever drift into survival mode and then feel a little guilty about being in survival mode? And then the last question, do you ever feel like your job as a private school leader is impossible? Well, I know that I answered yes to all of those questions. In my 30 years as a private school leader, I've felt like that hundreds of times. But the good news is, is that it doesn't have to stay that way. Because on today's show, you will learn three ways to thrive at one of the most difficult jobs on earth. As a private school leader, you have an extremely difficult job. And as private school leaders, we sometimes drift into survival mode. The reason that this podcast exists is to help you move from surviving to thriving at your private school. And by the end of today's episode, you will learn three simple strategies that you can start using today, and they have the power to positively impact you for years to come. So before we dive into that, I want to show you why I think that you have one of the most difficult jobs on earth. That's a pretty big statement, but I want you to just nod your head to yourself, just nod your head, if any of the things that I'm saying describe your job as a private school leader. All right, here we go. You're going to nod your head if this speaks about your job, if this speaks to you. First, you are juggling needs of your students, both their academic and their social emotional needs. You are trying to motivate and energize teachers to do a very challenging job. You have parents that can be very demanding. They pay tuition and they have very high expectations. And nod if you resonate with if this one resonates with you. If you or one of your teachers are not meeting those expectations, the parents at your school will let you hear about it and sometimes at full volume. Okay, here's a few more. So again, just nod your head to yourself if any of these ring a bell for you if I'm describing your job as a private school leader. All right. You are expected to make wise decisions on the spot that will be second-guessed by the teachers or parents or board members or all of the above. You're supposed to perfectly juggle multiple priorities. You need to make sure that every event is a success and it starts and ends on time and that everyone leaves happy. And at the end of that event, you must thank everyone that needs to be thanked and never ever leave anyone out that should be thanked. And you have to figure out the budget and stay on budget I can almost see you nodding your head along with me. So let's just wrap it up with three more. So keep nodding your head if any of these three things are true about your job. Number one, it's your responsibility to keep every student and staff member safe, physically safe and emotionally safe. Number two, you must respond to every email, return every phone call, attend every meeting, handle every discipline problem, Motivate and inspire every teacher, retain every student, beat last year's test scores, come in under budget, 
and keep every parent happy. And number three, now that you've done all that, when you've nailed it, when all that is done, please be sure to maintain a healthy work-life balance. Watch what you eat, get enough sleep, get exercise, don't be a jerk to your family or your friends. So did I just describe you? Did I just describe your job? That sounds impossible to me. You know why? It's because it's one of the most difficult jobs on earth. And to do it well, to do it really well, is extremely difficult. So we have a choice to make as private school leaders. We can go into survival mode and stay there and feel guilty about being in survival mode and wish that all of this wasn't true, or we can do something about it. I've been a private school leader for over 30 years, and I've often felt like I just can't do it. There's no way I can make this work. I've been in that spot when it feels impossible. I've let myself drift into survival mode, and then I feel guilty about being in survival mode. I've been discouraged and overwhelmed, and I felt like giving up. I've had my daughters say to me, Hey, Dad, when do we get to see you instead of just seeing the back of your laptop? I've been in the hospital with ulcers. I've thought about getting out of private school education and just walking away. In, in my 30 years, I'd say for the first 10 years, I was just sort of figuring it out. And then I spent 10 years mostly in survival mode. But about 10 years ago, I figured out how to go from surviving to thriving. And I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. And maybe you're not in survival mode, but maybe it's been a while since you felt like you were really rocking it at school. So again, the reason that this podcast exists is to help move you from where you are to where you want to be, to go from surviving to thriving, or if it's going okay, or if it's going well, to take you to really, really rocking it. So I want to help you and equip you and encourage you. So let's get started. I mentioned three things that are going to help you thrive at one of the most difficult jobs on earth. What are those three things? All right, let me hit you with these. Number one, throw some starfish. Number two, live the quote. And number three, lift your lid. All right, number one, throw some starfish. One day, a man was walking along the beach and he saw a boy in the distance. And as he got closer, he could see that the boy was throwing starfish into the ocean. And the man walked up to the boy and he asked, what are you doing? And the boy said, I'm throwing starfish into the ocean. The sun is coming up and the tide is going out. And if I don't throw them back into the ocean, they will die. And the man looked up and down the beach in each direction as far as he could see. And he said to the boy, there are too many. There are thousands of starfish and miles and miles of beach. How could you possibly make a difference? After listening politely, the boy reached down, picked up another starfish, and threw it into the ocean. And he turned to the man and said, I made a difference to that one. So you've probably heard the starfish story before. And I told you that I've been a private school leader for a long time. And just like you, I have a task list for my day, a to-do list. 
And every morning when I start my day, I write two words at the top of my task list. I write throwing starfish. And I write that every single day, right next to the date at the top of my task list, I write throwing starfish. And the reason that I write it is because that's what I try to do every single day. I throw starfish like that little boy on the beach. I try really hard. I work really hard to make a difference in the life of a child. He made a difference to that one. He threw that starfish in because it was going to die. And so when I write throwing starfish on the top of my task list, I do that to remind myself because it is so easy to forget, especially when I spend a day in meetings and calling parents about discipline or academic issues, and I'm getting buried in an avalanche of emails, it is really easy to forget why I do what I do. But it's because of the kids, and the kids are worth it. So, those two words, throwing starfish. But again, write it every day. Why do I have to write it every single day? Well, you know as well as I do that as a private school leader, we are just dropped right into the center of the tyranny of the urgent, And we spend our energy on the thing that is latest and loudest and rarely spend it on what is most important. So again, let me hit you with that again. We spend time on what's latest and loudest instead of what is most important. Because in our jobs, there's always another fire to put out, another parent to call, another meeting to attend, another teacher evaluation to perform, another emergency drill to coordinate, another event to plan. So I want to ask you a question. At the end of the day, are you tired or are you exhausted? Because it's one or the other, right? Do you know one of the main reasons that you're so tired at the end of the day? It's because you have a meaningful and impactful job. But as private school leaders, we often spend our time doing things that are not meaningful or impactful. All right, hold up. If you're multitasking, As you listen to this podcast, I just want you to stop for a second and just really listen and really get this. As a private school leader, you have a meaningful and impactful job, but you often spend your time doing things that are not meaningful or impactful. And there is nothing that will drain your energy faster than this. There is nothing that will drain your enthusiasm faster than this. And if you feel like your job is impossible, One of the most effective ways to make it feel possible or to even go from survival mode to thriving is to have a compelling reason why you are doing what you do. So why are you so exhausted at the end of the day? There's a ton of reasons for that, all the things that we do in our job. But one of the main reasons is because we are spending our time on the tyranny of the urgent instead of the things that are really important and meaningful and impactful. And the best way to overcome that is to have that compelling reason why. And for me, it's throwing starfish. All right, so I want to try to illustrate this. And I want to tell you a story about something that happened to me that literally changed my life. And it was back in November of 2010. And it was um, right after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, I was at my brother-in-law's house. And I was in the bathroom and I noticed a scale on the bathroom floor. And so I got on it. So quick sidebar here, before I continue, I just want to state as strongly as possible 
that the day after Thanksgiving is not a good day to get on a scale. But anyways, so the scale was there. I got on the scale the day after Thanksgiving 2010. Well, the number that appeared on that screen was shocking to me. I hadn't been on a scale in a really long time. And I just decided right then and there that I was going to lose weight. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that number. I'm going to lose weight. And you know what happened over the next month? Nothing. I was shocked by how much I weighed. But then that shock kind of just wore off. And then it was Christmas 2010. And we all love to eat around the holidays. But then New Year's Day 2011 rolls around. And you know what that means. New Year's resolution. So I'm really serious now. And I made probably the most firm promise to myself and the most firm resolution, the most important New Year's resolution of my life on New Year's Day 2011, that I'm going to lose weight. And do you want to know what happened? Nothing. And I told myself in January of 2011, well, I guess I just don't have enough willpower. I guess I don't have enough self-discipline. But the real reason that nothing happened was because I didn't have a strong enough reason to lose the weight. But about three weeks later, at the end of January 2011, I had my annual physical. And so my doctor checks me out and he does all the normal stuff. And at the end of the physical, he looks me right in the eyes and he says, Mark, you are obese. You are at risk for adult onset diabetes. And then he asked me a question that changed my life. He said, Mark, I know that you have three daughters. Do you want to be around to walk them down the aisle at their wedding? And then everything stopped. Just stopped. And now I had a very compelling reason to lose the weight. And in 10 months, I lost 60 pounds. Seeing that shocking number on the scale at Thanksgiving didn't move me to lose weight. Making the most serious New Year's resolution of my life didn't make me lose the weight. Self-discipline and willpower didn't cause me to lose the weight. Imagining one of my daughters getting married and I wasn't there, that moved me. And I hadn't lost the weight because I didn't have a strong enough reason why. So let me repeat what I said a few minutes ago. You have one of the most difficult jobs on earth, and you better have a really strong reason why you are a private school leader. I just have to tell you the truth. If you don't have an extremely strong reason why you're doing this every day, you are not going to make it, and you are going to be exhausted, and you're headed for survival mode if you're not there already. And if you're in survival mode, you are probably headed for the hospital or for a job that's out of education. There is no paycheck no parent, no board member, no head of school that is compelling enough to motivate you to thrive as a private school leader. Okay, pump the brakes. Again, tune in here, listen to this, please. I'm going to say that again. There is no paycheck, no parent, no board member, no head of school that is compelling enough of a reason to motivate you to thrive as a private school leader. Maybe you'll survive, but you won't thrive if that's your motivation. You have to have something stronger. Now, you've probably heard of Simon Sinek, and you've probably seen his TED Talk called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. It's actually the third most viewed TED Talk of all time. 
And I've placed a link to that TED Talk in the show notes, and you can go to theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode one. And Simon Sinek does an incredible job of explaining what it means to start with why. And I believe that Simon Sinek's TED Talk is 18 minutes that can change your life. And if you haven't seen it, I implore you to watch it. If you've seen it, it's probably time to watch it again. But as a private school leader, your why has to be so strong because your job is so demanding. And I told you before that about 10 years ago, I was able to kind of turn things around. Well, one of those things that I did was I became crystal clear on why I'm doing this every day. And I love my job. I love going to work every day. And my compelling reason why is throwing starfish. What I do makes a difference. I know it. I can see it. I can measure it with better scores on the parent satisfaction surveys and lower teacher turnover and great student retention rates. And so I feel it, but I can, I can know it in my heart and, and it can be measured. And I love my job. I look forward to going to work every day. And it's because I remind myself about the starfish story every single day. I write throwing starfish at the top of my task list every day. The image of that boy throwing starfish into the ocean is on my mind every single morning when I write that down. And then I think I made a difference to that one. And the starfish could be a sixth grader that feels left out in the lunchroom. Or the starfish could be a parent that really just needs someone to listen to them that day. The starfish could be a teacher whose mother had surgery last week and just needs someone to stop by her room and say, how's your mom? My why is so strong that I have motivation, I have energy, and I can bring my best self to work every day. Do you want to bring your best self to work every day? I know that you really, really want to. And a leader's emotions are contagious. And if I'm just getting by and just surviving, then my teams that I lead are going to do the same. My compelling why is throwing starfish, making a difference in the lives of children by the way I deal with them, their parents, and their teachers. And so I ask you this very, very important question. What is the compelling reason that you are a private school leader? Is your answer to that question a kind of get on the scale and get shocked by the number answer and it doesn't really change anything? Is your answer to that question sort of a New Year's resolution level answer? Or is your why so strong that it was like my you won't be here to walk your daughter down the aisle moment. And if you don't have an immediate answer, that's fine. I would just encourage you to set aside some time in the next week to really think about this. Watch the TED Talk, jot down some notes, really be intentional about giving this the time that it deserves. And there is no perfect answer or best answer. Your why will be different from my why and from everyone else's why. But I am strongly, strongly encouraging you to take the time to really sit down and think about what is your compelling reason why you are a private school leader and then write it down every morning at the top of your task list. Okay, so three things that will help you thrive as a private school leader. Number one is throwing starfish and number two is live the quote. Okay, so I want to tell you another story. In August 2013, on the first day of school, I was standing in the middle school hallway and the kids were coming upstairs. The kids are high-fiving each other and hugging each other. There's a lot of laughter and a ton of positive energy in the middle school hallway. They haven't seen each other for most of the summer. 
But then I saw Jessica at her locker, and she looked terrified. Jessica's face was as white as a sheet, and I think that her knees were actually knocking together that day. It was her first day of sixth grade, and she didn't look like she was ready, like at all. And she looked nervous, she looked anxious, she looked scared, and she looked like she wanted to go home. So have you got that picture in your head? You can see Jessica standing there next to her locker, scared and miserable. Okay, now fast forward three years from the first day of sixth grade to the last day of eighth grade, and it's eighth grade graduation day, and Jessica is standing up on the stage in our gym, smiling, getting her diploma. Well, that afternoon, I got an email from Jessica's dad, and this is what it said. Dear Mark, I want to thank you for everything that you have done for my daughter. I know that you probably don't hear this enough, probably just hear mostly bad stuff. I don't know what you do for the other kids. Honestly, I don't really care. I just know what you have done for my daughter. She had zero confidence when she started middle school, and now she is president of student council, was the lead in the spring musical, and has confidence to spare. You did that. I can't begin to thank you enough for what you did for my daughter. It means so much to us as a family. Thank you. Sincerely, Jerry. I said that this section is titled Live the Quote, and that quote is from Maya Angelou. And she says, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So live the quote. The quote is, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And Jessica's dad wrote that email over five years ago, and I just talked to him a couple of months ago, and Jessica's now thriving in college. Jessica's dad doesn't remember what I did or what I said or what the teachers did or what the teachers said during her three years of middle school, but he definitely remembers how we made him feel. Jessica's teachers and I were able to create a loving and supportive culture in our middle school, and Jessica's parents chose to plant her there, but we created an environment where she could blossom. And as a private school leader, sometimes you probably feel like your job is impossible and living out the truth of this quote will make your job possible and meaningful and fulfilling. So again, if you're multitasking, just pause for a second and listen to this. Living the quote will make your job possible and meaningful and fulfilling. So you're probably saying to yourself, yeah, quotes are great and everything, but what does that actually look like for me as a leader? So I'm going to give you six ways that you can live the quote. Now, these will be in the show notes, theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode one. So six might be a lot to remember, but here's six ways to live the quote. Number one, you live the quote when you are intentional about everything that you do. The tyranny of the urgent almost always wins the day if you are not intentional about living the quote, this is never going to happen. So you have to be intentional, number one. Number two, you live the quote when you practice servant leadership. Serve others first and lead second. Number three, you live the quote when you try to apply emotional intelligence to every situation. Teddy Roosevelt once said, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Number four, you can live the quote when you lead with empathy. 
I really believe that empathy is like a superpower for private school leaders. There's a quote that says, empathy is the first casualty of a chaotic day. And it's very difficult to lead with empathy when you're putting out fires all day and just trying to survive the day. Number five, you live the quote, when you prioritize your integrity above everything else. There's no aspect of your leadership that is more important than telling the truth, being ethical, and keeping your promises. And number six, you live the quote, when you turn listening into your superpower. So how do I live the quote? Remember, these six things will be in the show notes. I live the quote by number one, be intentional. Number two, practice servant leadership. Number three, apply emotional intelligence. Number four, lead with empathy. Number five, prioritize integrity. And number six, turn listening into your superpower. Okay, so I again, I can just hear what you're saying in your head right now. That's a long list. I don't even know where to begin. He's saying, live the quote. I know he said they're in the show notes, but listen, how about we just focus on one thing? If you were to just focus on one thing to live the quote, it would be this. Be intentional about encouraging others. Be intentional about encouraging others. As leaders, we focus a lot on the words that we say and the things that we do. Often that's at the expense of not paying close attention to how we make people feel. So when you start being intentional about encouragement, you will automatically start asking yourself, how is this going to make this person feel? So be intentional about encouraging others and remember to live the quote from Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So three things that will help you move from surviving to thriving as a private school leader. Number one is throwing starfish. Number two, live the quote. And number three, lift your lid. In his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. And I put a link in the show notes theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode one. The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is one of the best leadership books that you could ever read. And so in The Law of the Lid, John Maxwell talks about leadership determines the level of your effectiveness. Well, that makes sense. But in other, in other words, what that means is, is that your school or your division can only rise to the level of your leadership. So if you would rate yourself as a six out of 10 leader, then your school or your division or your department is going to bump up against your leadership lid and they will never rise above a six out of 10 as a leader or 60% of what they could become as a team. And so your school or your division or your department will always bump up against your leadership lid, which is why you need to lift your lid. Now that sounds like bad news, but it's actually great news because it is a fact that leadership can be learned and you can go from a 6 out of 10 to a 8 or a 9 out of 10 and your score, your division will grow right along with you. So I need to ask you two big questions about lifting your lid. First of all, question number one, just focus in for a second and just get this. Question number one, where is my leadership lid? Stop, be honest with yourself, rate yourself as a leader. You may want to ask someone that you trust like a 
partner, spouse, mentor, a trusted friend, where are you as a leader? Are you a 7 out of 10? Are you a 5 out of 10? Are you a 9 out of 10? Are you a 4 out of 10? Where is my leadership lid? And then question number two, what is my intentional plan to grow as a leader? So it doesn't matter what number you gave as an answer, unless it's 10 out of 10, we all have room to grow. But you must have a plan and you must be very intentional about your plan to grow as a leader or your number will never change and your school will keep bumping up against your leadership lid. So again, pump the brakes. Listen to this again, please. If you don't have an intentional plan to grow as a leader, your number will not change and your school will keep bumping up against your leadership lid. And I'm not talking about your plan to learn more about curriculum or differentiated instruction or learning more strategies that will make your school more successful or more financially stable or increasing retention. Those are all important. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what is your intentional plan to grow you as a leader. Just remember that your school or your division will never grow beyond your lid and you can make the choice to grow as a leader. Okay, so you're saying I'm all in. I want to grow as a leader. I want to get my passion back. I want to go from surviving to thriving. I want to feel like I accomplished something when I come to the end of the day, that it was meaningful. I'm all in. Where do I start? Well, you can start with the big takeaways from today's episode and by checking out the links in the show notes. So let's hit the big takeaways. Number one, you have one of the most difficult jobs on earth, and sometimes it feels impossible. Number two, you can do three things to take your job from impossible to possible and to go from surviving to thriving. So first, throw some starfish. You must have a compelling reason why you are leading at your school. And if you don't have clarity on that, just set aside some time to really think about it this week. And when you get clear, write it at the top of your task list for the day. Second is live the quote from Maya Angelou. People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So focus less on what you are doing and what you are saying and focus more on how you are making other people feel. And third, lift your lid. Your school or your division can only rise to the level of your leadership. What's your intentional plan to grow as a leader? So I think one of the most important questions in leadership and in life is what's next? So if you have listened to this podcast and you've nodded your head and you've thought, okay, he's speaking to me. I want you to start to work on an intentional plan to grow yourself as a leader. But then the question is, what's next? So I think that, first of all, you could head over to the privateschoolleader.com and get some free resources there that will help you grow as a leader. You could go check out the show notes by going to the privateschoolleader.com slash episode one. And you could subscribe to this podcast and keep listening to future episodes of the Private School Leader podcast, because in the weeks ahead, we're going to have subjects like the seven habits of highly effective private school leaders and teacher teachers, the top five ways to build great relationships with difficult parents and much, much more. So let's wrap it up. The Private School Leader Podcast exists to help you thrive and not just survive at one of the most difficult jobs in the world.
from one private school leader to another. I know that you have very specific issues that you face at your school. And my goal is to take my 30 years of experience and try to be very practical with this podcast so that you can learn how to grow as a leader, but also to help guide you to real tools and strategies that you can just use right away. A new episode of the Private School Leader Podcast comes out every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe so that you never miss an episode and please leave a review because I would really love to get your feedback. And as I mentioned, you can head over to theprivateschoolleader.com to get some free resources. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by looking for at the private school leader. And if you got value from this episode, please subscribe and share it with at least one other leader or an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.